by myself. I don't mm-hmm. mind uh, telling people things that I know, though. So, well, it's that's what's that's what is awesome about you is the things that you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. It's certainly not your like charm or anything. It's no nope. information, man. Not the charm at all. That's for sure. How's Cleveland doing? Cleveland's Cleveland's good, man. I didn't know if Elevate 2018 changed it forever. It, uh, it certainly certainly tried. Yeah. But uh, it was already awesome before. So, you know. So, Mr. Nate Bunty. Yes. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. Doing good? Yeah, I just finished up a, uh, the, it was a, a call for the fully covered group that I'm a coach in. So, I should be, I'm in the, the funnel fixing mode, I guess. We're just looking at all the technical details. You know, I, 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 well, it's interesting. I, I know, I know a little bit about you. We've known each other for a little bit, but I don't know that much about you. And I'm curious, I haven't asked you this question. Like, what is your story with insurance? Um, so when I graduated from college, I had this cockamamie scheme that I was going to learn how to sell and then become a lawyer. I was going to learn how to argue via sales and then go to law school. I don't know what 21, 22, I don't even know how old I was. I do not know what that early 20s Nate was thinking necessarily, but that seemed logical to me at the time. Um, And my first job was selling cars. And I learned very interesting things about the world that they don't teach you in a college class by selling cars. And that was really the first time that I had any sort of like, I had to ask people for ID cards all the time. So I was thinking about insurance as much as a car salesman thinks about insurance. But um, due to some of the things that were endorsed by the place that I worked, I didn't last there for very long. And um, I responded to an ad in the paper for, and this is back when people actually read papers and people posted in papers for, you know, jobs. But uh, there, there was a local agency, an independent agency that was looking for somebody to do sales. So I applied and got the job. I worked uh, from nine in the morning and until eight at night, basically responding to people who called in off the yellow pages. Again, this is back in a time, I'm not, I'm not super old. But uh, uh, I am old enough to have started insurance back when a full page yellow page ad would still get you several calls a day for auto insurance, at least in our area. And uh, that did not fit my personality very well because I was sitting in a a small office Mm -hmm. by myself essentially for, what, 11 hours a day. And... um, I left that to go into restaurants for a while. I did. I managed two subways and a gas station for a small business center in our area. And then I became an assistant manager for Bob Evans for a while. And then I got back into insurance through Aflac. Um, my brother had actually gone in for a, uh, a interview with the local Aflac guy who was working a deal with the Pennsylvania Builders Association to promote Aflac. And I was like, well, that sounds like a good deal. Let's give that a try. And I did Aflac for a little while. And then I got into, um, 
became a commercial producer for an Erie agent in our area. Um, kind of back when I first got into insurance as a personal insurance salesperson, I had said to that agent, I was like, you know, I, I'm really interested. This is doing home and auto is okay, but I'm interested in working with businesses. And they sort of, they didn't listen to me. And so that was, led to some of the malaise and, you know, lack of desire to sit in that office for 11 hours a day is because I kind of saw something else inside that industry that I wanted to do and they weren't supportive of having me do that. So I got into the Erie agency several years later, did commercial sales and, um, and they, I worked for really good people and, uh, Erie is a great company, but one of the, um, one of the things that I kind of joke around with some of the Erie people that I know, Erie agents that I know, is that Erie is a little bit of a captive independent close, especially in Pennsylvania, where they're from. There are many Erie agents, again, all good people, great company, but they have Erie and, and progressive for people that don't fit Erie. So again, that, while I had a pretty good, you know, work-life balance and the people that I worked for were great, um, I wanted to be able to provide a multitude of solutions, not just the basically the one company. And uh, so through several twists of fate, I went from being that commercial producer for that Erie agency to being the managing partner here at Heritage Insurance Agency. Uh, and I got, you know, a, a sort of an equity position here. And uh, it's been lots of fun. I took this uh, agency from where it was at and we doubled in size. I, there were problems when I first got here, problems with the way all the appointments had been set up. We uh, were a member of the SIAA, but we hadn't really taken a lot of advantage of the resources that that affiliation affords us. And so I kind of righted the ship a little bit and then we doubled premium volume. And now we've been working on modernizing. And that's kind of what led me to generating leads online as well, because I have always kind of had this vision, you know, if I had everything my way, we would be essentially a central hub here, but selling nationally, essentially, if, you know, as much as possible. I think it's, uh, you know, maybe not super regionally, perhaps is on the roadmap, but right now we're licensed in three states. We'll probably get a fourth one, maybe a fifth one before we really keep rolling uh, with our new plan. But you know, the internet allows you to sell whatever you can, wherever you want to, essentially, or wherever you can, whatever you can, wherever you can. And, um, and I really like that. Well, I mean, first off, Nate, you never, <clears throat> you never have to be ashamed of embracing your independence here, uh, because, uh, <laughs> that's, that's what we well, do. Well, no, I, uh, Erie in Pennsylvania, I know Trusted Choice is affiliated with the, the big eye and stuff like that. Erie in Pennsylvania is a very, uh, strong supporter of uh, money-wise, I guess. They're always like a platinum sponsor of everything. And and again, they're a really good company, but they do foster a, a culture of like Erie is the absolute best uh, Erie first, like in agencies and stuff. So For sure. yeah, I just don't want to offend any Erie listeners. I no, well, yeah, well, and again, that's what works for them, right? And I know yeah. some, some Erie agents and it's, um, <clears throat> you know, but they're, they're not, they have the opportunity to not, you know, just be Erie, but they are very particular and, and maybe a little more exclusive than, than some, but, um, 
I mean, again, you know, that's a very interesting, a uh, little more windy journey than I anticipated. And I guess I didn't know all that. You've been quite a, you've been around and you've been put in positions that uh, probably have had you punch in the face more than you probably care to uh, yellow pages and car sales and things like that. How is that kind of, kind well, of actually of- I left one out for in the, uh, the, oh, another the, one. All right. The, yeah. So when I was an Aflac agent, uh, there was a company, there's a young company. The guy was younger than me that owned the company. Uh, they, they sold and kind of brokered cell phones. So they represented Sprint, T-Mobile, Verizon, and AT&T, right? And they were commercial focused. They sold to businesses. And um, what they wanted to do, and this is actually, you know, talking about the internet and all and technology and whatnot, it's kind of hilarious. This was 2007, I think I took the job. And my job was to promote something called the Nokia IntelliSync mobile suite. And this was essentially device management and email for smartphones back in 2007, which doesn't seem like that long ago, you know, to me, but it was what 11 going on 12 years ago. Now it was before the iPhone we sold. uh, If you had the mobile email one, it only worked on windows, windows mobile, which I don't even know if that exists anymore. And, uh, Hey. Symbian devices, and I know that there are people. If you if you include the word Symbian in this uh, in the the publication, or you know when you post this, nobody's going to know what that is. That was the that was the operating system for Nokia smartphones back then. I have no idea what that is, Nate. Uh, well, it was the operating system for what, Nokia. What, give me a date, like what circa what year are we dealing with here? Two thousand seven. Well, right. it was that would have IntelliSync was bought by Nokia. IntelliSync probably first came out in 2004, 2005. And again, just Windows Mobile, just um, uh, just Symbian or Windows Mobile and Symbian. And uh, their biggest competitor, our biggest competitor was BlackBerry. So you know how the world's changed since then. I mean, who even carries a BlackBerry anymore? What? And uh, um, but it allowed people to have control over their network because you could BlackBerry worked by when you send an email to somebody on a BlackBerry, it went off to like some network in Canada and then got shot back to the BlackBerry or something. And with IntelliSync, it would go from your server and kind of stay in your your network architecture. But and it was designed for you know enterprise level deployments. I did presentations online to uh, pharmaceuticals. We did some live presentations in New York City. Uh, down off of Wall Street, I went to Sesame Street and presented to them. Really? So that was kind of fun, Sesame Street as at Lincoln Center. And really, it was just me and one, two other people in a conference room talking about, you know, the mobile deployment that they had for the people that, that traveled around and whatnot. But I got to go to Sesame Street. And uh, so, yeah, I've done a lot of different things. I tell people my 20s, a lot of different companies that I worked for, and I did different stuff. And as a commercial insurance person, and an insurance person in general, it's given me a little bit different perspective than a lot of other people my age who are in the same position that I'm in, where they're running an agency, may have like grown up around insurance and always been sort of like the heir apparent. And I'd like to say that I have like a much different perspective than that for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty fascinating. Uh, first off, uh, Nokia was certainly my jam in, in college, the candy bar phone circa 2005 and six, uh, putting that thing on silent for class. 
Um, then I made my way to Blackberry once I grew up and got out of college. Um, but uh, yeah, I love. I could, I could, I could talk old tech with somebody. I could do that. That would be a fun time. Um, but so I mean, how I, I, you know, Kia phones, you even know they had a Symbian operating system. I didn't I'm pretty not, sure like, phones had Symbian too. It's just like a light version of it or something. Well, I mean, like, what was an operating system then? It was just like <laughs> access your contacts and be able to put like five ringtones on it, right? Like the well, know, the, early yeah, the so. I think it was the E61 or something like that that I had. They had Nokia. I don't know if Nokia messed themselves up or if Microsoft messed it up when they bought them, but Nokia was a leader oh, for in sure. uh, smartphone technology until the uh, until the Apple happened. Yep, pretty much. Yep. And then and then it really became uh, you know Android and and iPhone. Essentially, does Windows? Do you know if Windows Mobile exists anymore? Yeah, now, now that you said that, I mean, I don't know. I have not. I have not heard of anybody mention Windows phones for at least a year and a half, two years. So it might not. I don't okay. know. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, there can only be two, I guess, right? So because I mean, there's no other uh, smartphone operating system that I'm aware of. Although Android can be a lot yeah. of different things because an Android yeah. on a Google phone looks different than Android on a Samsung because uh, it's open source. So. I, I was going to say this, and I mean we're going to we're going to I'm going to give you 30 seconds more on phone operating systems because this is fun for me, Nate. But uh, yeah, I mean uh, I'm personally a, a stock Android fan. If anybody knows what that means, but I'm a I'm a straight Google like the purest form of Android. Uh, okay. Samsung, you know, they've got the, they do their, what they call touch whiz on top of Android, which is gross to me. I can't, I can't handle it. And that ruins the note, uh, for me, but I mean, you could, you get launchers to, you know, put over it to have it look pretty vanilla. But the thing that kills it for me, I don't know why we're talking about this name, but it's fun. Um, <laughs> thing that kills it for me is, uh, the updates, like they don't like Samsung doesn't get the late, it takes forever for them to get updates of the latest version of Android versus if you have like a Google phone, like a straight stock Android phone, um, like a Pixel phone, you're going to get that like you would on an iPhone. And that's, that changes your experience you know, pretty dramatically if you're waiting right. six months or whatever. I don't know. Anyways. All um, right. Well, we'll move on to something else. No, I'm, I, well, I'm super passionate. I'm just, I don't know why I know all this stuff. I mean, but you sold it and you know. Well, so the, here's the thing. I never sold, I never sold Android or I, I didn't even sell phones. I was trying to sell the software. This is the funniest thing about it. We were selling email with the voice management for something in the order of uh, like $250 per license. So think about that compared to now. Yeah. Now you get email for free, essentially. <laughs> but people were buying it. Not as many people as what we would have liked, but people did buy it. So, yeah. so and then, I guess that's kind of, you know, back to the getting punched in the face. That's, I think that's how we got down this rabbit hole is just uh, is, yep. you know, doing the thing. That that's just like man, just why you know whap you know I said you started with yellow pages it's like that didn't fit my personality you know used cars you're selling you know email access you know in two thousand and three yep. four or five or whatever um, just how what is that how has that kind of prepared you to kind of really be sensitive to the customer experience and how to really acquire people in a more pleasurable way and have a conversation that is uh, is a lot more enjoyable. Well, I think that one of the things that I really enjoy about insurance is being able to help people both on the front end when you uh, improve somebody's coverage and you uh, lower their premium. You just had one the other day. They had uh, they were referred to me by a loan officer that we're working with. They had Safe Auto 1530, which is state minimums here in Pennsylvania. And I got them up to 100, 300 with, uh, you know, good coverage on the auto replacement cost like a great homeowner's pro product and everything is very low cost the, the high limits on the auto cost less than their state minimums 
And that is a lot of fun for me. That's a, uh, you know, you don't have to be fancy essentially in insurance too much. Not like you, when you're trying to get somebody who came on the car lot to drive a home in your car, you know what I mean? Like there's no pressure really. You know what I mean? It's, um, it's a lot more fun. And then on the back end, when it comes to claims, you know, um, cause this is one of the things that I had to sort of explain to the, these folks, cause they wanted state minimum. That's one of the reasons if you call safe auto, you want state minimum limits. But, um, you know, I had to explain to them that our job, my job, the way I see it is to make sure that they have an insurance policy that is going to make them happy. They had it when they have a claim. So, and you never know, um, when you're going to have a claim, that's why they call them accidents. You know what I mean? Insure another thing that I always tell people or whatever comes up, I guess, but is um, insurance is a bad deal until you need it. And then it's the best deal in the world. You know what I mean? Like you can kick yourself for paying a hundred and some odd dollars a month for auto insurance. But when you've got to file that under insurance motorist claim because you've been hurt and the other guy doesn't have, you know, very much as far as limits go or they have no insurance, you'd be glad you got that. And, um, you know, so wrapping that kind of blanket around people and charging less for it is it's good times. Well, and that's, you know, it's, it's something we don't get to do that often is saying, Hey, listen, you know, it's like, Oh boy, I, I can't wait for you to see how good of a job I did. Because if that actually happened, then they're like either homeless for a little bit or, you know what I mean? Like they just have to go through something terrible for you to, for them to appreciate like the level of of work, you know, just kind of the position. You don't ever want that to happen. It's like, Hey, listen, I hope you never see this someday, but I did an awesome job for you. Um, so that's, I mean, that's fascinating. Right. And we, we can kind of talk, you know, insurance theory all day. And, and that's, I think, I think, you know, the more agents I talk to and you know, the more agents you talk to that, that's one of the things that I think keeps us in the industry is the ability to kind of make that connection and, and, and kind of solve that problem because it's, it seems like still, no matter how, how many of us are trying it, it is, it is something that people struggle to understand and properly value. And I think maybe that's kind of what frustrates us inside. It's like, oh, come on, this is so dangerous right now. And this is why yep. you need to do the, the better thing. Well, uh, it does, you know, it becomes easier as I get older uh, because I've seen more fires. I've seen more, you know, we just had a guy not long ago get rear-ended by a commercial vehicle and um, he's in his early 60s and he was severely injured by that. My Actually, my wife's stepbrother was hit by a commercial vehicle on a motorcycle and he was severely injured, but he was, you know, everybody's, everybody was severely injured, ended up being okay. But the insurance money that came out of those incidents make them a little bit more okay than if they had, you know, there's less struggle involved because, um, you know, even when you have health insurance, I guess this, the, the gentleman, the um, most recent gentleman who got, who's in a car, he was getting threatening letters from the hospital, mm-hmm. even though he had health insurance. Yeah. So I just, you know, and he's got an attorney and everything's going to be fine in the long term, but uh, in the short term, there's stress involved and people don't know that if they don't go through that guy came in and boosted, like maxed out all of his limits. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it, it, it that's kind of the challenge that we have is getting people to feel that when they're young, fit, healthy, and invincible. You know what I mean? That invincibility, everyone thinks they've got it until they don't. Um, yep. 
So that's not, I mean, that's awesome. And, you know, we haven't even gotten to the most exciting part really about all of this, Nate. And, and that is um, you're going to be bringing your I've been punched in the face a lot experience. And now this is how you do it in a 2018 environment to elevate 2019. And I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. Like what like what are you going to be doing? Like what is like the, the most exciting thing you're kind of ready to share with everybody and, and, and get them moving in that direction? Well, I've learned a lot about how to generate leads online, primarily through Facebook over the last um, eight months, I guess. <clears throat> February, February, March is when I really started. I started paying for some courses and getting some education. And um, it's worked out pretty well for us. Um, it's actually inspired some staffing issues that uh, you know, we lost a person to another agency that was closer to her house. And when that happened, uh, we're a small agency anyway, and it kind of made me rethink how we do things. And whereas we used to have like personal lines agent who would do sales and service, because of the volume of leads that I can be bringing in now, we're gonna change, we're gonna just have salespeople in personal lines and just have, you know, client retention folks. So like, and customer experience focused. Uh, in addition to that, and this is something I remember from, not to name drop another conference, but we were in Phoenix and you asked me how I could use Marblebox. I was like, eh, I don't really need Marblebox. I asked you that question? I asked you that question? You, yeah, you asked me that question. We were walking back from uh, breakfast or lunch back down towards hmm. the, the conference hall. I guess, yeah, that's right. I guess so. Okay, I'm sorry, continue. Yeah, now you had the microphone on, don't go to the tape. I should go to the tape. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I'm, and I'm using CoverDesk, uh, which is a little bit different company. Yeah. Um, but uh, that VA support is going to allow our retention and experience personnel to focus on deeper conversations. You know, they're, yeah. when somebody calls in to change a car, for example, they can ask those questions and spend some time on that conversation because they can fire the actual paperwork over to the VA. You know what I mean? So the, the follow-up section or the, the actual data entry and stuff like that is being handled by uh, someone else. And, um, and then that same experienced person is not going to have somebody calls in for a quote. That's going to be handed off to the salesperson. They're not going to have to, worry about quoting and issuing new business, and then they can focus more on the renewal work and um, looking for, you know, we're an older agency too. I didn't get it. I mean, I have lots of stories, actually. We could probably go on for a lot, long, long more time, but this agency has been here for over 40 years. And some of the stuff that previous ownership and some of the older legacy folks did, there's still some uh, skeletons in our closet. Let's put it that way. And, uh, you know, there's some people that need some better advice from us than what we had provided in the past. And we can focus on having those conversations because of the segmentation of duties and process support. That's the direction we're headed, along with being able to sell in, you know, we can get licensed in multiple states and Facebook ads work in all the states. So, you know what I mean? Like in, in all the states that we're in, we're going to be working on generating those loan officer relationships where we provide them with mortgage leads in exchange for referrals and um, just in insurance, um, you know, insurance ads, essentially. We, um, 
what my role in all of that is going to be is essentially to be the in-house lead generation engine. Uh, like you would go to uh, something like Precise Leads or NetQuote or whatever. We can do that for ourselves. And, and that's what we're going to do. Yeah. And that's, you know, kind of all of that is, it, you know, once you kind of just scratch the surface, right, you just scratch a little bit on that, that lottery ticket, right. It's just like, it, you realize there's so much more potential available to you. And that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg and, and, you know, yep. adding processes or, you know, outsourcing like covered desk and marble box and those guys is just, you know, just further down the rabbit hole of, of enabling and, and, um, making that that much better. And I'm really excited, man, that you're going to be at uh, Elevate kind of, you know, sharing that story and kind of helping people go along that journey themselves and how they can get started and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, one, of the, one of the things that I'm okay. also I'm very excited about uh, for us here is, and it, it ties into Agency Nation because it was on an Agency Nation radio podcast. The uh, CEO of Plymouth Rock was talking about their new homeowner's product that was coming out in Pennsylvania. And I heard it. And I called them up and I was like, I need to get in on this. Yeah. And now, and they have a product where all you need is an address in order to get a guaranteed replacement cost quote. So you don't need to, any information about these people, about the person applying. They have rated every, every property in the state of Pennsylvania. And now they allow us to put a, a quote engine, quote bind an issue engine on our website where I can do homeowners insurance via e-commerce, essentially. This is the direction that we're heading. So this is where this, this skill that I'm going to be talking about, and I'm going to be um, providing, you know, uh, technical things. We're not, it's not going to be like a coy and theoretical thing. And we'll, there will be a little bit of that, but I'm going to be dropping some practical knowledge that people can go back and do to create some funnels of their own. Great. That's awesome stuff. I can't wait for it. Uh, I'm going to drop a shameless plug. March 24th, 25th, 26th, New Orleans, Louisiana. We will be at uh, the Elevate 2019 conference. Head on over to elevateconference.com. If you haven't grabbed your ticket, come hang out with me and Nate and everybody else, Sydney and all the gang. We'll certainly be there having a good time. Nate, man, it's been awesome having you and um, can't wait to uh, get down to New Orleans with you. It's going to be a good time. <laughs>